Hey there. Welcome to 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. I'm Lindsay, and I'm joined by my co-host and real-life partner, Carling. We're diving into the 90s hit drama through today's lens. Get ready for our off-the-cuff commentary and peeling back the layers of the Camden family. We'll tackle everything from family rules, life lessons, and 90s fashion. Join us every week for a light-hearted queer perspective and a trip down memory lane. Whether you're a die-hard fan or new to the show, this recap is for you. So find us anywhere you get your podcasts at 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. Desperate to get in there to actually say to them, look, here I am, look at my face with the rash and the, the temperatures and stuff. Do I look like I'm anxious to you? But, you know... Hey, Michelle. Hey. Oh, I didn't know where our little squiggly line was. <laughs> Happy Tuesday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's actually Sunday, and I'm real grumpy right now. Yes. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm we just, just tried. I'm just staying quiet. No. <laughs> Your GD internet. We tried to record our Patreon episode for Friday, mm-hmm. and the internet was not in our favor. It was not. I remember what we were going to talk about now. Oh, what? It's about our love languages. Oh, <laughs> but you have to happy. you have to say it the way that you told it to me earlier. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. But we will record our Patreon, and we have some like fresh tea. Oh man, I like fresh. You guys, if you're listening to the Patreon, I'm telling my story about my horrendous marriage and subsequent horror story, mm-hmm. and. Horror, not whore. Horror. <laughs> uh, and we got some, like, some things have happened. Yes, as like a result. since the recording. Yeah, so, I mean, I for legal reasons, I can't put much on this main feed. So this isn't just a plug to check out our Patreon, but really, you should join our Patreon and listen. Oh, uh, yeah. Because it's if you're, it. Yeah, if you're following along, just get ready. Cause yeah, there's and even for, more. like, for five bucks a month, you get access to over 26 episodes. I know, that's crazy. Yeah. I was, like, going back on our episodes. I was like, I don't even remember recording this. Yeah, I know. There's so many. <laughs> it's wild. Um, also. Oh. Oh, no. Next week is our one-year podcast anniversary. <gasps> and we're doing a live. We're doing a live. So on oh my gosh. Tuesday, April 30th, mm-hmm. 2021, so that people later don't think it's... <laughs> um, we are going to go live at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Mm-hmm. And we've got some special guests. Like past podcast guests yeah. that we're so excited to hear from and get some updates. And Yeah, so we reached out to them and we're like, hey... Like, do you want to come live on Instagram with us? And we'll just a little, 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 little <laughs> And they said yes. And we literally were like, there's no way they're going to say yes. Yeah. Do. So. We're excited. Yeah. We're not we saying. will maybe tell you a few days before the yeah, live. Yeah, like who it is. But anyway, check yeah. us out live on Instagram. Mark your calendar. Oh, how was your week? Um, I don't know. Well, somebody pooped on your floor. Oh, yes. <laughs> Still haven't figured out who it was. It was that none tell, of my children. That tells you everything you need to know about your week. That's true. Someone <laughs> someone pooped on or around my bathroom floor. Tell me what happened. I just went to go to the bathroom like you do. And in I, your bathroom? In my bathroom. And I just stepped directly on poop. And then you know how your foot kind of like yeah. <laughs> slides a little bit? Mm. Uh, and then I was like, who pooped on my floor? <laughs> it was none of my children. No. Somebody broke into your house. Yeah. That's the only explanation. 
defecated on your bathroom floor <laughs> and then snuck out with not any of the six people in this household seeing them. Oh my gosh. I was going to say, I can relate to stepping in poo as somebody who has a lot of animals. Yes. I have often stepped in vomit, any bodily functions. I mean, I've there was in. a time where you were holding my oldest child yeah. when he was a baby and he vomited on me and then somehow... You caught it in your hands, and then you were trying to prevent the dog from eating it yeah, while I ran to go get chance. That's the whole thing. Yeah. Bodily fluids are not new to us. No, ma'am. But when my husband was alive, he was the puke cleaner upper, and I was the child cleaner upper. So right. if a yeah. child puked, he you would were... deal with the mess. And I I mean, I it was still a mess. I had to deal yeah. with the kids, but at least I could, like, strip them down and get them in the bath. I didn't have to deal with, like, the... All of it. Yeah. So now that's... I feel like I'm going to throw up just thinking about it. Um, Yeah, that's like my job now, too. Yeah, I'm sorry. In more exciting news, we did... Okay, so I'm dating somebody, and she's great. We decided to take a love language quiz. We learned that our love languages are really, really similar. So then I said, Michelle, you take this love language (laughs) quiz, because I would love to find out. Because I think best friends... I think if people are important in your life, I think for parents and kids, like, it's, it's nice to know what their love language is. Yeah. And so there's like words of affirmation, physical touch, quality time, um, acts of service, and gifts, and gifts <laughs> gift buying, gifts, not gifts. like gifts. I mean, well, I, mean, gifts I like and memes. sent gifts. <laughs> and That's TikToks. like a gift. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so both my girlfriend and I did it and we were both. <laughs> <laughs> and we... Are very similar. We do not like gifts. Don't buy us anything. We get really uncomfortable. We want like physical touch, acts of service, quality time. I would. I think our, <laughs> Michelle was just stroking my face. So I think our biggest things were physical touch and quality time, mm-hmm. followed by acts of service, and then words of affirmation, and then gifts was zero, zero percent across the board. So then you did it, and your your biggest two were gifts. And acts of service, <laughs> followed by quality time, and then words of affirmation, and then touch. Touch was zero percent. You're like, do not touch yeah. me. Do not say nice things to me. Yeah. Do things for me and buy me gifts. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't want you to touch me. Yeah. I, you tell me that I'm beautiful or that I'm... Uh, no. Mm-mm. Yeah. Don't. I know. Don't do it. I try, but it doesn't hit. No. Uh, yeah. Buy me something and do something for <laughs> me. makes me sound like such a horrible person. No, that's but... valid. Your, your love language is valid. I guess. I sound like a cold-hearted bee. But it's funny that we're so opposite. Yeah. And I think that does come out. Because, like, you'll be like, oh, oh my yeah. God, I saw this thing and I bought it for you. And I was like, ew, why? Like, yeah. don't spend your no, money. No, true. Yeah. And then I'll try to, like, give you a hug and it's, like, awkward. And, yeah, like, that's not what you need. But I think we do a good job at doing each other's love language. I hope so. Yeah. Uh, the funny thing, though, I, I posted a thing to our story the other day because I was like, the whole reason that I'm probably never going to date again is because the thought of it is just awful and cringy. Yeah. And I don't like physical touch or anything yeah. like that, right? So, okay, it says, I met this dude on Tinder and asked what his last name was. He told me, then he replied, you're doing a little background check. You might find out, find out that I'm a murderer. Just ignore that. Okay, so a good sense of humor. Well, I Googled him and he was a murderer. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so it's like, yep, that's another another thing on yeah, the list. If we've learned anything from my uh, horrendous story over on the Pates, uh, you got to Google people. You got to give it a Goog. You got to give it a Goog, folks. 
and background check. Yeah, you can't everything. be too. You know, I think like, and now that I'm in the dating world again, it's very like the things that have been refreshing to me are we have a lot of mutual friends. Yes, you went to university with her, mm-hmm. like. We have a lot of She history. wasn't a stranger. Right. There's a lot of history. So we met on Tinder, which is kind of funny. We just say we reconnected on Tinder because we <laughs> technically met at a pub seven years ago. Yeah. Took and took a, a selfie. Picture together. Yeah. We don't remember it. But but we have so many mutual friends and all of these mutual friends have been uh, like such like champions of our relationship. Yeah. And said like, yeah, this is a good person for you. And your friends are good enough to you that they wouldn't lie to you and they wouldn't, you know, yeah. they wouldn't hide anything that yeah. was shady. Right. So, yeah. and I mean, for me, I met my husband when we were 15. Yeah. So like, you grew up so together. what happened in his past that I wouldn't have known? You yeah. know what I mean? So it's like, unless you were robbing banks or scamming on chicks when you were 12 years old. Yeah. Which, well, I mean, I don't know, but you know, we knew everything about each other. Yeah, it's and so that. now it's like there's no way I'm trusting anybody. Yeah, and it know, sounds terrible, but and I, I just, I just can't. Like it's wild. I never thought about dating, but my therapist was like, "You girl, you need to get yourself on Tinder." Uh, and I was like, I don't know. Like, I just thought it'd be like a casual, like, I don't know, yeah. see who I meet. Like, it's COVID, so we'll just chit-chat. So your wild oats. So. <laughs> and now I met this person. I'm just going to leave. You can talk about <laughs> love hearing about it. I love it. No, I'm very happy for you. Um, I'm very happy for you. You're in this little bubble. Yeah, it's really nice. It feels really good. I'm not at all jealous. <laughs> well, listen. Your kids and her kids are going to meet next mm-hmm. weekend mm-hmm. and like safely at a playground COVID. Um, I mean, they'll probably end up looking at each other, but that's just normal. <laughs> that's like normal kids. kid behavior. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then we can all hang out together. Yeah. I love that. That's cool. Love that for us. I know. <laughs> <laughs> what else were we going to talk about? I feel like we had. Oh my so... God. Do you know what I'm doing? Yeah, you're going on like a four day hike or something. Yeah. So it's like I signed up for it. Literally, I signed up for this months ago. Not, I was like, yeah, my big thing is like, I'm going to say yes this year. Um, But we were talking about doing this big hike and it goes from sunshine to a Cinnaboyne. So you can just like give it a good. A Cinnabon? Because no, I, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll do that. I am walking to a Cinnabon location and we are going to eat all the Cinnabons. Okay, well, yeah, sign me up for that. <laughs> Is that what you thought it was? And then you were like, oh, shit. (laughs) I'm going to make a meme out of that. A Cinnabon, yes. Yes, let's go. No, a Cinnaboyne (laughs) is a big mountain. So you take four days to hike up to a Cinnaboyne mountain from Sunshine Village. Okay, but you get a cinnamon bun when you get there? I'm hoping. I hope so. If I don't, there will be some (laughs) strongly worded letter. I feel like that's to the folks of Mount Assiniboine. Right. Um, But then we helicopter out. That's terrifying. Okay, what's terrifying for me is that we're hiking like 15 kilometers a day for four days. I don't think I've walked more than a, like, <laughs> I think maybe like 5K in the last year is the I don't think I've my walked. Fitbit even registers like a thousand <laughs> steps a day. <laughs> yeah, so it just dawned on me the other day that like, it's like my brain was like, okay, Carlin, you've dealt with enough things. You need to start realizing that you've signed up for this and you've paid. It's You're going. Yeah, but you, like, when is it? Uh, the end of July. Right. So that seems like a long time from now. It's not. But it's really not. No. And so I I bought a new pair of hiking shoes. They should come Monday. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to go on a 15-kilometer walk around the Glenmore Reservoir with Rachel. 
fun. I don't know. I don't know what, how do you prepare? And you've got to sleep outside. Like, it's not like I'm going to a chalet. I'm just mm-hmm. like hiking. So you should camping, hiking next camping. weekend. You should pitch a tent outside <laughs> of my house at the park. Oh, why not your backyard? Well, because there's a little bit of wildlife out there too. Like there's deer and stuff. So like maybe you could get a real, <laughs> a real life. Send your kids out in little costumes to like scare me in the middle, like late at night. Do coyote calls while yeah. they're out there. No. no, but like a deer could like bump up against your tent or something then you'd be like whoa no i've seen blair witch so i'm hoping i'm just so exhausted at the end of each day that i just like pass out are are you gonna be like hanging off of cliffs and like hammocks no okay no i like it's a pretty manageable hike from what i've seen like in terms of elevation and skill required but here's my thing where am i gonna poop Uh -uh. Uh uh-uh is there a way that i can just not poop for four days I mean, yeah, but you're going to feel like Everybody's garbage. Said, <laughs> Everybody said I have to bring a little shovel. Yeah, you got to bury it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't even pee outside. What do, you, what, do you, what do you think a bear does? He poops in the woods. What, are you too good for pooping in the woods? I Better mean, than a bear? Huh? No, but also logistics. Can we talk about bears? Yeah, there's bears. You bears have to have bear, bear spray. You have to bring bear spray. Oh, that's terrifying. And you got to make a lot of noise. And no. so I'm going with two other couples. So I'm just going solo because when I booked it, I was solo. <sighs> so Trina and Simon can go poop with each other. Polly and Aaron can go poop with each other. I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm not going to be I feel like, like pooping is a solo event. Not when you're out in the middle of the woods and there's bears. So someone's got to scare off the bear where the other one poops? I don't know. Guys, I don't know. Carly, just don't poop, Somebody please, for the love of God. reach out to me and tell me. I can't do this podcast you... by myself. <laughs> have you pooped in the woods? And if so, how did that go? Oh, my God. Carly. Do I lean against a tree and squat? Yeah, I believe so. I don't know. The whole thing. I got to bring, like, like dehydrated meals. This... I want to say I did not sign up for this, but I literally did. No, what you did was you didn't think yeah. while you were signing up yeah. for it. They were like, we're going on this thing. And I was like, sign me up. Mm-mm. And now Mm-mm. my brain is thinking of the logistics of it all. This intro has had far too much poop in it. It really has. I'm not into it. I'm sorry. All I can think of is Grizzly Man and mm-hmm. yeah. bears and the, yeah. Yeah. Mm-mm. So. Not a fan. That's that's a thing. Well, if I'm doing this podcast by myself in August, we'll know why. <laughs> Anyway, we should get into today's episode because we interviewed Jordan. Jordan, our friend, our podcast friend, Jordan. Who lives in England. Yes. Is way fancier than us with her accent. Oh, as soon as you're from England, you are far fancier than anybody from North America. (sighs) Yeah. We're trash. (laughs) (laughs) She got COVID early, early last year at the start of the pandemic and has sadly joined the COVID Long Hauler Club. It'll be really interesting because next week we're interviewing Jamie, yeah. who was our first episode ever. Well, I think it's a technically episode number two. Um, first but, interview <clears throat> episode. Yeah, first yeah. interview. And she was a doctor res- in residence at the start of the pandemic. So we're going to. she's still a doctor. Well, yes, yes. <laughs> but we're going to do like a how's it been a year into the pandemic. Okay, let's get to it. All right. Bye. Bye. Jordan. Hi, Carlin. Hi, Michelle. How are you? Hi, Jordan. (laughs) How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good. It's like almost bedtime for you there. It is like quarter past nine at night. I'm just cozy in my pajamas, but you know, just chilling. 
Yeah. I always wanted to say we're we're interviewing interviewing you from across the pond. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a couple ponds between us. Yeah, that's exciting. I think you're the second person in England that we've interviewed. Yeah. But we're getting all over the place. I know. I know. We still need to find somebody in Bahrain. Somebody mm-hmm. keeps downloading our episodes in some country called Bahrain. Ooh. And I want to find out who they are and will they be on the podcast. <laughs> And is it Wyoming as well? You, you don't have anyone and in Wyoming? Yeah. My yeah. God, Wyoming? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know, we need we, to fix We're this. friends off with Wyoming <laughs> as of right now. <laughs> <laughs> you need to ring that mayor and get them told. Yeah. Right? And be like, um, we would like to complain. Do you listen to Red Handed, Jordan? I love Red Handed. Do you yeah. guys? I love Red Handed and I love their accents so much. Oh, I haven't heard it yet. It's really good. They're, that's either the nice kind, kind of British, and I'm like the Yorkshire kind of British. They're all lovely no. spoken, and <laughs> I'm the no. Farmer. I think your accent is so it's cute. So cute. Oh, I was I talking it. to my friend from England, but I don't know where she's from. And I was, and I said like, oh yeah, like I was interviewing, or we're going to interview a girl from Yorkshire. That's how you say it, right? Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, could you understand her? And I was like, yeah, it was fine. <laughs> and she was like, oh, she's like, I think they're really hard to understand. I was like, I don't, I don't think so. But I don't find you hard to understand at all. No, not at all. Oh, thank you. <laughs> no, we're just, we're just broad. That's what we say. We're broad over here. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, I like it. You were born there? Yes, I was. Yeah. Okay. Yorkshire girl, barn and bread. <laughs> oh, I like it. How did you find our podcast? I can't remember. Um, well, it was kind of almost because of Red Handed in a way, because I'm really into true crime and things, and I'd literally just like freaked myself out listening to too much of it. So mm-hmm. I needed something that was kind of sweeter and nicer than murder and blood and things. So I was like... <laughs> skipping around Spotify looking for something and you guys just came up so I listened to a couple of your episodes and then I got to the bit where you were like so if, if you've got any uh, thoughts and things send us a message and I was like oh I'll send them a message and that was oh it <laughs> that's awesome oh I love that so much yeah I like yeah that's really cool but yeah when you reached out and kind of gave us a bit of your story we were super excited to have you on as a guest so why don't we get started with, like, introduce yourself. Why don't you tell us, like, your name, your age, where you're from, what do you do, and then we'll kind of get into it. Okay, so I'm Jordan. I'm 29. I'm from Yorkshire. Um, I used to be a pharmacy technician before COVID hit, but I'm just celebrating my one-year covid anniversary, as I call it. So I've actually been off work for the entire year shielding at home. Oh, <laughs> it's like you say anniversary, but it's like not a thing to celebrate. No, <laughs> unless you want to have a party, then I guess. Yeah. No, no parties. We're not allowed parties. Oh. <laughs> We're still stuck in for a while. Yeah. Have you guys been pretty locked down from the beginning? Yeah, we're, we're just in our third lockdown at the moment, um, and I don't think we're, we've just had a new plan and things set up, and I don't think we're going to be allowed out until June. Oh, God. Wow. At the yeah, and so when you say get out, like are restaurants open? <clears throat> um, they do like takeout and things, but you can't go and eat out at places. So it's literally just supermarkets, uh, GPs and things like that. So just essential things, basically. Yeah, mm-hmm. we kind of float between like everything's closed and then now we're allowed at restaurants, but only till 11 p.m. And like it, they're like back and forth on a bunch of things. 
It was almost we like our first talked. lockdown was like lockdown, and then it was like, okay, everything's open again. And yeah. then they're like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> yeah. And so now they're like slowly opening things up again. So yeah, we'll see. Taking it a little bit slower this time. We had exactly the same thing, and they were like, oh, well, um, eat out to help out, and you can drink in the pubs until 10 o'clock, but you've got to go home at 10 o'clock, so that's when COVID comes out. And they're like, we can't tell the time. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I know. A bunch of people are joking, but yeah, they're like, oh, like, come 10 o'clock, everyone's got to get out, because... Uh, yeah COVID starts just creeping out from the corners and I just picture like you know those cartoons where it's like a big cloud that like goes down the streets and then like into a (laughs) silly to think about yeah so we're talking to you because you had COVID a year ago and you're part of the unfortunate club of what they're calling COVID long haulers right Mm -hmm. that is me yeah (laughs) do you you get a badge (laughs) is there a button no, we've got a support group and things, but they haven't sent me any merch yet. I don't know who to write about this. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you gotta start your own merch. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll just get out there, do some I'll draw some. Yeah. Oh, well, why don't we dive in with um how you came to get COVID and what that kind of looked like. Yeah, so it, was quite, it wasn't really typical for what you've seen with COVID and things. So as I said, I yeah, used to work in a pharmacy before it all hit. So it was about a week after we'd kind of had it in the news and, it, you know, being frontline workers and everything. So everybody else was just kind of shut at home waiting to see what was going on. Um, and I was going out to work and things. And one day one of my colleagues came in to work with a bit of a cough and <laughs> the next thing you know we're both off with it so at the time PPE wasn't exactly we had to have it we had to wear it but it was kind of DIY like wear what you want basically so we had aprons we had masks we had shields we had latex gloves the person who unfortunately gave it to me wasn't wearing a mask at the time because they also suffer with asthma Um, And it was affecting their breathing, so they weren't wearing one. And unfortunately, you know, pharmacies are quite small in the back and small confined spaces. And the next thing you know, I'm kind of at home and I thought I had a chest infection. Did you hear about COVID in the news yet? Like, how was it sort of like in the media? Yeah, it was literally, it had kind of just hit the UK by storm, really. So it's kind of all really very new. And we'd only just kind of had all of this stuff put in place. It was quite scary at the time because they were doing a lot of fear mongering and things. So everybody was quite nervous. And yeah. then came yeah. and kind of emailed work and things to find out who was going to be vulnerable. But it was so new that they didn't have anything in place for the vulnerable people. Yeah, it's, it's crazy to think about now because it, you know, it's been a year And same thing with where I was working, you know, we were kind of talking about it, kind of thinking like, oh, this is crazy. Like just the way that, I mean, Carly and I went to Costco and they were like wiping down our cart and we're like, okay, like that's weird. (laughs) Yeah. I remember the ladies like, do you want us to wipe down your cart? And we were like, okay. Like it just (laughs) felt weird. We were like, yeah, sure. And, And, but then things changed so quickly and, you know, all of a sudden schools are shut down and work, we're limiting people and hours are being cut and it was just like 
crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we were still like, we didn't have any kind of social distancing and things in place at the time. It was just like, everybody stay in your houses. Mm-hmm. Unless you've got a bit of a, you know, just something wrong with you, maybe a bit of athlete's foot, in which case, just head off to the pharmacy. It's quite a lot mind. They're always open. They're still yeah. open. Yeah. The GPs yeah. are shut, but the pharmacy's there. That was kind of how yeah. it was. Yeah. So when you woke up, so when your, fr- when your coworker was sick, they didn't know it was COVID, obviously. No, no, absolutely. Right away. Not. How soon after did you start having symptoms? The next day, literally. Oh the my next God. day. And yeah. you thought it was a chest infection. So what what's like protocol for that? You would have just stayed home and rested? Yeah, I mean, because I have asthma, I, I tend to get them sort of at that time of the year anyway, so I didn't really think anything different. And at the time, they only had the three symptoms, like the continuous cough, the fever, and I think it was shortness of breath or yeah, shortness of breath. So I didn't have any of those things. It was just a typical chest infection for me. And I even said to the GP when I spoke to them on the phone, I don't think it's COVID. And they said, no, no, we don't think it's COVID <laughs> Stay home and rest, you'll be fine. And you don't need to take a test. <laughs> oh, wow. wow. Well, and tests were so early at, at, at that stage too, right? Like they didn't want to waste tests, quote unquote, on, on people that they didn't think needed them either, right? Yeah. They so, said they said that they had them, but there were like nobody could get a test. So they were telling right. us they were here, but nobody actually got one. So how did you find out that it was COVID? Literally just trial and error. I probably spent about three months back and forth on the phone to the doctors where they thought it was my asthma. So it was kind of, it's not getting better. Okay, have some more steroids. It's still not getting better. Oh, have some more steroids. Oh, so God. I'm like, you know, muscle bands and everything and eating like a horse, but <laughs> yeah. it's still not working. And it just kind of got to the point where I was like, you're going to have to do something. It's not asthma. And they took, they sent me to a respiratory specialist and they were like, yep, it's not your asthma, but we don't know what it is. So yeah, it was kind of, uh, oh, gosh, that would have been September time. So yeah, all that time with no treatment and nothing. And, and at some point, were you like, it. yeah, this is COVID? Yeah, so I ended up kind of, oh, I know you shouldn't, but I went on Google. <laughs> I'm sorry, and I started Googling things. And uh, I ended up on a group on Facebook for long COVID. Um, one of my friends that I met on Instagram actually said, do you know what, I think you've got long COVID. And I'm like, no, I don't think I do. I thought I had lupus or something like that because the symptoms were so similar. Um, oh, Wow. I- I got this rash over my face that literally looks like a butterfly. So it kind of comes down the bridge of my nose and covers my cheeks. And that's typical with a loop, with lupus symptoms. So oh. I was kind of saying, this is what I think it is. And they're going, no, it's definitely not that. But they're not giving me any answers to what it was. So I ended up in this support group. And it was like a kind of hallelujah moment. Oh, my gosh, I, I've got lung COVID. I'm sure it is. Everything matches. They had yeah. kind of... 28 symptoms listed and I had 25 out of them so I was like yeah it's got to be this wow and how did your work do when you know when they're telling you I guess the GP's telling you it's not COVID it's your asthma were they uh good about you not coming into work or were they kind of pressuring you to come back because or I mean I know with a pharmacy they have to be very careful obviously right and there's rules about staying home for a certain amount of time 
but because yours was so long, like how did they how did they manage that? Um, it's been a combination. So at first, I was protected because because of my status as, as a key worker. My daughter, our nurseries and things were shut at first during the first lockdown, so I could stay at home for that reason. Mm. Then when they first opened them to key workers again. Um, I did, made the decision that I wasn't going to send her back in because I was still poorly and I kind of felt like the risk was too high. Then it was a series of sick notes um, for quite a few months and finally they brought in the furlough scheme. So I ended up being medically furloughed. So I, I kind of spent a few months fighting to actually get recognised with my asthma and things as high risk enough not to be kind of out in the general public. And then once that was sorted, they medically furloughed me. So ever since then, I've kind of been either on furlough or on sick notes, depending what the government said. And do you feel like um, the support from the government, I know it's it's interesting to kind of look country to country because with, with us, um, there was, you know, a $2,000 a month um, benefit if you weren't working and there's been lots of different benefits. Um, I know in the States it was like a one or two time thing and that's it. Um, how do you feel like you guys have been supported over there? It's been a bit kind of hit and miss. So lockdowns one and three, um, I've been furloughed and there was loads and loads of support. Um, the whole time the government's really kind of skimmed over all the vulnerable people. First of all, they were like, no, you're not, you're not that vulnerable. You'll be fine out there. Just, you know, wash your hands a bit more, stay away a bit more and you'll probably be okay. Uh, then they decided okay hang on a minute yeah people are you know dying here so we better do something about it lockdown number two they forgot all about us and didn't even furlough or anything like that so I don't know what happened there clearly somebody must have pressed delete on that memo yeah (laughs) and then back to lockdown number three it's kind of they've finally decided that they're going to extend the furlough scheme to September now. So the furlough scheme has been a lifesaver. Um, pretty much the whole time, if I haven't been on sick pay, um, they've managed to pay 90% of my wages to my employer. And then the employer topped up the rest of it. Um, oh, wow. So luckily, we haven't kind of suffered financially but not everybody's been in the same but self-employed yeah. people have really struggled because they've not had the same kind of support and things and it's not been as regular either what does your partner do for work um he works for an engineering firm so he's kind of between um he's just got a promotion actually so he was laboring but now he's doing fusing and metal <laughs> did your daughter or partner um ever get covid no no we had a bit of a scare in January this year where we thought that my partner had contracted COVID but luckily we all took the test and we're all negative so I don't really know how we managed to get away with that but no they've been fine thank gosh did you did you take any steps in the home to isolate yourself when you were sick or like because you didn't know if it was COVID I didn't know because I I genuinely thought that I I just did not think I had COVID for such a long time because it just yeah. didn't present like that. So I didn't isolate myself. But the March strains kind of proved to be a bit of a weird one because that's where most of the long haulers seem to have come from. There's been a few that have kind of joined the support group I'm in as the months have passed by. But really, the majority right. of us all came from the same March strain, which I think is really interesting. Oh, wow. That is really interesting. At what point did you start to feel, I don't, I don't want to say better because you're a long hauler. Yeah. Like, have you just been consistently sick this whole year? 
Yeah, it's kind of been weird. When I said about the 25 out of 28 symptoms, they just kind of cycle randomly. So some days you can be like more fatigued and things. And then some days it's kind of the shortness of breath, temperatures and things. So there's a few that kind of happen every single day some that just pop up whenever they feel like it (laughs) um but yeah I don't think if you said that to me I had to go to work next week it it just wouldn't be happening I don't really feel like I'm gonna get much better than where I am now until they can give me some kind of um like targeted support what are um like the doctors or or you know, healthcare workers telling you to do to kind of get through these symptoms? Are there, is there anything that they're telling you to do? Um, For me personally, no, because I've had a really, really hard time getting any kind of diagnosis. I still don't have a diagnosis after nearly a year. Um, They keep trying to pin it on anxiety, which is really just (laughs) not helping whatsoever. Um, No. They won't see me. I don't feel like I can prove it. So I'm kind of desperate to get in there to actually say to them look here I am look at my face with the rash and the the temperatures and stuff do I look like I'm anxious to you but you know yeah they were they won't let me in (laughs) so short of peering through their windows and saying hello can can you help me please no it's been jumping out of them when they come out of their office (laughs) yeah yeah it's a bit of a postcode lottery I suppose luckily other people that I know have finally started to get COVID clinics opening in areas near them but it's it's all money so I think London have got some um but you know up here no we've got nothing and I've had no kind of advice or anything wow and is your is your employer like they're supportive and like you've you've got the support financially in place but do they I don't want to say believe that you have it but like do they acknowledge that you got really sick and you've continued to be sick this whole time yeah yeah I think at first they were kind of I think I think everybody seems to think that it was all kind of anxiety based. I mean, you really, you really can't sort of tell anybody your fears about COVID and things like that because they just wrap it all up and say, oh, you must just be anxious about it then. Yeah. Particularly from a medical standpoint, because I do actually have a history of anxiety and depression and things anyway. So they just take one look at that and just stereotype you, which is really disappointing. But yeah, I think now um, with the longevity of it and everything, they don't really have that much choice, to be honest, because you just, oh gosh, I've lost COVID brain. (laughs) (laughs) Lost my train of thought. I call it a brain frog. It just hops in every so often. Yeah, they just... uh, they don't really have a choice at the moment yeah and is your coworker that also got sick are they still struggling or did they sort of overcome it differently I've not really I haven't heard from anybody for quite a few months now I think kind of out of sight out of mind um I know that they took quite a few weeks to fully recover and they were at home for quite some time but they've gone back to work and everything. So I'm not sure if they're still struggling or not. And can you maybe explain a bit of some of the symptoms that are maybe the ones preventing you the most from sort of feeling like yourself? Like you said, brain fog is one of them. Yeah, I mean, my job is is, um, quite a technical job. Um, You need to be highly trained and things to do because I was a pharmacy technician. So I don't know if you guys have MVQs and things over there, um, RA levels and things like that, but the MVQ that I have, which is a vocational qualification, is pretty much the same as an A level that you get in college. 
Okay. Yeah, so the, the brain fog terrifies me, honestly. Um, if you put me back in that pharmacy at any point with, with the way that I am, I genuinely think that I could really hurt somebody because oh, I just I no. forget things. I forget, um, you know, sentences and things. If you interrupt me when I'm talking, then I forget what I'm talking about. So it's literally, it's kind of destroyed the way that I would see myself as a person because I've always been kind of a intellectual person if you will I've, I've like using my brain and that's kind of what I like to do in my job as well yeah um, and then breathlessness which kind of just happens whenever it feels like it usually when I'm kind of doing things or if I'm like chatting for too long and stuff like it's coming up a little bit now um oh. <laughs> But before this, I used to do, I'd get up at six in the morning and I'd finish work at six o'clock. So it was like 12 hour days, you're always on your feet. Um, we're right in the middle of, of the heart of a community. So we're literally the only pharmacy around. So we were always really, really busy. And yeah, uh, honestly, you just have to wheel me around on a chair now. I wouldn't be able to do it. Really? Wow. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what else is, what else is going on? um socially I suppose yeah I've kind of uh de-socialized over the past year as well everything's kind yeah. of it's really difficult to kind of talk to people and just kind of be normal in society now because I've just kind of been bubbled with my own family and yeah just little things like the confidence and stuff as well like um it's kind of weird sort of thinking about going back out into it and stuff as well but like with the way that my face looks and things um I don't think I'd really like to be I'm happy that we're still wearing masks because it covers the the whole thing that's going on under there it's like a rash it's like a, a it it just looks like a butterfly so it's not it's just a flat red butterfly shaped rash on my face wow and so you started you said you found a support group online do your symptoms are they a lot is everybody's symptoms very different do you find or it's just like a combination like you said every day is something different yeah pretty much everybody that I've been talking to has kind of had the same things as me the things that are holding them back are really the breathlessness and the fatigue and things um and it's just it's all consuming as well it is literally like the tiredest you've ever been in in your entire life is just how you feel every day it doesn't oh, matter how much you sleep you could you just yeah. wait, you just feel the same but a few people have had different diagnoses so they've had um things like POTS which I can't remember what they what that's an acronym for because I haven't looked into it but oh yeah like um heart symptom kind of thing so kind of um I imagine it's going to be like hypertension and things like that so dizziness when when they're uh, standing up and things and then something else called MCAS which is mast cell activation syndrome um and that's basically like a immune response which comes from comes from your histamine and things so a lot of people have kind of gone into like low histamine diets taking antihistamines and things so People, I suppose, when they're faced with a challenge like this, they like to try and sort themselves out. If people are coming in to help you, you're going to try and find a way out of it. So everybody's kind of diverged on different paths. Wow. Have you tried anything like that? Like any of the diets or like what have you been doing to treat yourself and your symptoms? Um, well, there's not, it's kind of not really a lot I can do because I've not had the official like yeah this is definitely what you've got I haven't right. changed my diet or anything because I am quite a 
I'm a good person anyway when it comes to eating and things I'm a vegetarian I do have a really healthy diet and stuff anywhere um I take antihistamines because of my asthma and things daily so I suppose that's maybe helped me from not feeling so bad over it um yeah but I kind of think unless the doctor's told you to do it it's probably best not to change anything until they've actually said this is what is going on because when I do finally get to see somebody if that ever happens I just want to kind of say right this is how I am right now what are you going to do about it yeah throw myself at the mercy of them I suppose (laughs) god that's got to be so frustrating Mm -hmm. yeah tell me about it (laughs) yeah and like this whole time you're struggling with all of these symptoms plus you're a parent Mm -hmm. which like I am not a parent but I see how tired all the parents are all the time (laughs) (laughs) you're a fair parent though that's what I would call you because you've got all the fair babies so you get to yeah this is true yeah there's a level of tired that comes from that yeah I usually when I was working I was part-time so I only worked three days a week so I do actually still have my daughter um first of all it was three days a week but luckily nursery took her in for an extra day so now she's there three days a week yeah two to myself and then my husband is luckily really supportive over the weekends as well so he kind of takes over um so it just kind of leaves me more time to rest but literally on my days off all I do is just sit on the sofa and just kind of recharge I suppose yeah that's got to just take a toll on you mentally though I mean I know I know that feeling of kind of you know especially with grief and things like that feeling like you have no motivation you're so tired and it's not just the tired that's going to go away with having a nap, right? It's an all-consuming, full body and mind tired. And all you want to do is feel better. And all you want to do is get up and do things like you used to do, right? So just a toll that that takes on you mentally and hoping that one day you'll just feel normal again, it's got to be so difficult. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I can't I can't compare it to your experience whatsoever I've been really lucky um that it's not been as bad as as some other people have had it um it really seems to have kind of attacked all different places as well I mean one of my other friends that's had it she's got brain issues and things like that different people have had like brain scans and things but yeah it's kind of been I would explain it as a as a bit of a gaslighting experience I suppose because as I say they've kind of, they keep trying to tell me it's anxiety and I keep saying you know you can see that I've got this history I mean I'd, I'd say it's probably about 14 years of, of anxiety and depression history do you not think that I know my own body by now and I can tell yeah. you that it is not my anxiety yeah yeah. I mean, when have you ever heard anxiety causing face flashes and things like that? But yeah. it all kind of gets lost in translation and you don't speak to the same doctor over and over. And yeah, they seem to they seem to forget quite a lot of things and lose a lot of my notes. And I even paid for a private consultation, which cost me 89 of the Queen's English pounds and they lost oh. it. What? So, <laughs> I got nowhere with that. So I'm really, really frustrated. Um, mm. And I ended up actually putting a complaint in with the surgery as well. But the governing body, so the ombudsman that would take it on, wrote to me last week to say it would take seven months because they're just inundated with complaints. And I imagine it's just the same thing everywhere. They're not being yeah. listened to. Well, yeah, you feel just like you're being written off, right? When you 
when you're struggling every day and you've got these symptoms and you just want somebody to listen to you, right? And you're the only one that can advocate for yourself, but there's only so much that you can do. Yeah. And it kind of, it's, it kind of fights itself in a way because like I say, I forget things really easily. And, you know, I could be ringing them with this specific issue in mind and then completely forget what I was going to say. And I kind of feel like it invalidates what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. That's really hard. That's and can really you hard. explain a little bit? Cause it sounds like maybe like your medical I don't know, industry is a little bit different. So you cannot just go into a clinic and say like, I'm having all these symptoms. I need help. Like a family doctor wouldn't follow your journey and send you for testing. And they're only doing things like that virtually, like over the phone. Yeah, so every time you present with an initial complaint, they will assess you over the telephone and then if if they decide that they do need to see you in person and your personal risk is not too high, they will then let you come into the surgery. So on the one hand, they're saying it's too risky for me to come into the surgery, despite the fact that I've been, I've been there to have my daughter's preschool jabs done, so I've actually attended on behalf of her. Um, I've been there to get routine blood work done to try and find out what was going on with the asthma and things. So despite the fact that I've actually been there for other non-long COVID related issues, apparently it's too dangerous for me to go to the surgery at the moment. Oh my God. So um, once I'd finished with the complaint and things they did, I'd said that I thought that was one of the issues because they hadn't actually seen me in person. I can't understand how they can possibly refute what I'm saying unless they've actually seen my face and seen that I'm serious and I'm clearly not anxious about things yeah Um, so they did invite me into the surgery and when I rang to book the appointment they said no you can't come in you're too vulnerable (laughs) oh my god (laughs) yeah rocking how does the healthcare system work over over where you are because you know in Canada we've got free healthcare and you know the states you need to have insurance or something with your with your work so what do you guys do over there yeah so we've got the NHS so that is literally free to everybody at the point of service so you know you can walk into any pharmacy or GP and get seen and you don't have to pay for anything and then alongside it we've also got the private healthcare system as well so you, you can pay for your care and you can get access to different things and better testing and specialists and things like that but it's just a price point that not everybody can afford as I said my initial consultation with the specialist was 89 pounds for 90 minutes of their time so it was literally a pound a minute just just for me oh my god and we're talking hundreds of pounds if I wanted to pursue they said um they wanted to rule out cardiology and rheumatology issues with me and if I wanted to pursue that it would have been about 500 to 600 pounds just to get the test um it's just wow no wow that's I'm so frustrated for you. <laughs> like, who do I need to write? Boris Johnson, we need to change things. Yeah. We just need to smuggle you into Canada and get you tested. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I even don't know how it works. Like, I actually think I had COVID in January last year um, before it had sort of even officially come to Canada because the doctors diagnosed me with pneumonia but even the doctors like didn't feel confident in saying that. And I have never in my life been so sick. Mm-hmm. 
like ever in my life. And um, my partner at the time ended up catching it as well. And even the doctors then were like, pneumonia is not typically contagious, but you're kind of presenting the same. So like, I feel Lindy doesn't agree, but I feel like I had it. And so like, I want to get tested to see if I have antibodies or is there a way to know if I did have it? Yeah. And it just seems like, yeah, they've really fallen short on the people who maybe thought they had it before testing was so easy easy and accessible because like since then I've had several COVID tests and they've all been negative, but, um, that just, it just didn't, it wasn't in Canada yet at the time. Um, so I can only imagine how frustrating it is to have these lingering symptoms for a year and just, you know, like you're just like knocking down doors and nobody's listening. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's typical of the, of any government, anywhere in the world though isn't it they'll promise you the earth and then when you actually say okay where's the earth they're like oh that the, the earth that you were talking about just then oh that one um <laughs> not sure about that one come back and get couple back to you. <laughs> yeah I mean again and- it was like a postcode thing so I think down in London they had a private study called the cover scan study so people could either travel down there which again we were restricted because of where we live um or if they were already in the area, they could go and get all of these tests and things done. And they literally just had full body everything. And it came back. It's probably the reason why they really started taking it seriously, because it came back with such a host of issues. Um, and they were kind of starting to think that it was possibly traveling in little pockets around in your blood. So like I've had, I didn't have the brain issues for such a long time. And that's really only happened in the past couple of months. So you could possibly say that it's traveled from one area of my body up into my brain wow kind of affecting lots of different things but people have had um like lung lesions when they've had their x-rays and and ct scans and things like that they've had brain lesions when they've had their mris and things like that but i haven't had really had anything like that done mm-hmm. and anything I have done has come back clear which is just so strange because you like it kind of feeds into what the doctors are saying but then like I say everybody in the groups have the same thing they're all clear. yeah technically yeah. there's nothing wrong with them and yet we're all kind of paralyzed yeah how many people are in that group uh just short of three thousand wow and is wow. it just Europe or just Britain it looks like it's just a UK group. I think I think I've seen different ones for different countries and things, but obviously I don't speak the language, so I can't go yeah. and check. But yeah, this one's kind of just for Europe and a little bit, uh, sorry, for Britain and a little bit of Scotland as well, from what I can see. And when it comes to like the new strains of COVID, um, is that popping up a lot in where like in your area? Is that why there was more of a third lockdown? Yeah, we're literally, I think we're about 7,000 cases on average a day, so we're still a lot higher than some other places. I know you guys were saying you were in like the, the tens and the hundreds, and we came down from 84,000 cases a day at Christmas time when they let everyone out to play for Christmas shopping. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you've been not too naughty now, you've given everybody COVID again. Get back in your rooms until June. Oh my God. <laughs> when it comes to, um, the I like I mean out here in Canada there's not as much but there's you know anti-mask rallies and the states they just so much kind of fighting against it where you are do you feel like everyone's kind of towing the line or is there um kind of a group that is not (laughs) 
We managed to kind of hold it off for so long, but being a coastal town, when they started locking down other areas, they put us in what they were calling a tier system. So you could, if you were in tier three, which was the highest one, you weren't allowed to travel to lower tiers, but people that were in the same tiers could travel. So because we were on the coast, because we've got a beach and things like that, people were just coming here on holiday. They were coming for the weekends. They were oh. literally... So we managed to hold it off, but they kind of got us in a pincer movement and they just came from everywhere. And <laughs> We were yeah. quite late to join the party, but now we're in the party. Um, it's kind of a little bit small town rules, I suppose. So the majority of people were definitely really quick to pick up on the masks and things, but there's been probably an equal majority that are just like, it's it's my life and my rules kind of thing. Mm-hmm. We've had- yeah. We in our area, they keep telling us in the news our town is has been the worst one for COVID fines. There's literally parties and things every week, and the police oh, are going to So, yeah, it's not been great, but I've been so lucky that I've been kind of stuck in the house the whole year. So I've been really yeah, lucky. yeah. Um, as I'm looking at you, do you know who she looks like? Who? Zoe Deschanel. Oh, you totally do. Do you know who that is? <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> I have had that before. Unfortunately, lockdown's kind of made me pile the pounds on. So, oh, no, <laughs> you look adorable. I used to do, but I, yeah, I have actually heard that before. Oh, Polish. <laughs> Some people tell me I look Polish. Oh, Polish. Oh, <laughs> oh, no, I don't see. I definitely just see Zoe Deschanel. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, I um, <laughs> got very distracted for a second. There. I was like, wait a second, are we talking to Zoe Deschanel? <laughs> um so with vaccines like vaccines are really sort of become a really big focus in a lot of countries is there a lot of push to vaccinate where in the area that you're living in and will you fall in one of those categories yeah luckily because I kind of fought for the highest vulnerability thing um, I've already actually had my first dose, um, but at the moment they're kind of doing like a, a crowd mentality, so they're trying to get as many people to have the first dose as possible before they'll think right. about giving people the second dose, but it depends which vaccine you've had. So I've yeah. had the Pfizer vaccine, and they recommend within 12 weeks of your first dose that you get the second one, so that is coming up soon, and I haven't heard anything about whether I'll get it or not. Oh um, no! People have had different versions, so it all just depends which one you've had. Yeah, and can you tell us a little bit about? So your Instagram is Kibo and Friends. Yeah. And how did you did you only get into drawing since COVID, or like, can you talk a little bit about what that's about? Yeah. So, like I say, I kind of uh, always been a bit of a intellectual person if you will so I was always told that art was not it's not a career it's not something you can really do I've always been a really creative person but up until now it's kind of like knitting and things um and then I was just so fed up of knitting I was like what else can I do um and I don't I think I was literally just following some art accounts and things out of pure boredom and um there was an artist that I was following called Kinney Han and she was actually um, an open heart surgery survivor and unfortunately she passed away in January last year. Um, Something about that just kind of really resonated with me because her art, it was just so beautiful and so expressive and I just kind of thought like it's such a shame that we're not going to see that in the world anymore. Um, you know, maybe one day I could do something the same as well. So I met Kibo and friends literally out of a 
just hope, hope for the future, hope because we didn't know what was going to happen with it and just hope that things are going to get better, I suppose. And yeah, it, it definitely has. It's given me so much hope anyway. Wow. And so it's, uh, so Kibo and Friends is, Kibo is Japanese for hope. Mm-hmm. And you started drawing sort of like it's anime style, right? Yeah. Yeah. I love anime. I've always been really inspired by it. I watched lots of Studio Ghibli films. Have you ever heard of Ghibli or some people call no. it Ghibli? Where you come from. Oh, they're so cute. They have all these beautiful painted backgrounds and then the animation and things on top, but they are amazing. And it was literally kind of a cross between Kinney and a cross between Ghibli. And that was me. I was just like, yeah, I love it. So yeah, Kiba has got six other friends. Um, We call them OCs in the art world. So that's original characters. And uh, they're having like a adventure mystery thing going on at the moment. Wow. And so do you write that you write the content and draw the images that go along with it all? I do. I didn't start off with a story, actually. I just used to do standalone drawings, but I was kind of getting a bit bored of just posting a drawing, getting the lights, moving on to something else. And I like to have a lot of meaning and things behind things. And um, I've always thought that there was some kind of book novel comic whatever in me there's something in me that needs to get out yeah (laughs) I was just like yeah let's start putting a story behind it so obviously inspired by the anime and things that I watch I've kind of started creating I suppose a vicarious world that I can live through them as well because I'm not going anywhere and they're out there having all these fantastic adventures without me (laughs) (laughs) I mean that's honestly such a great way to kind of express yourself when you like you said have been stuck inside for so long and and you can kind of put yourself in this new world and also you're sharing your art with people and I think that's really great I think it's funny to see kind of what we've all come out of lockdown with like I have a bleach tie-dye sweater (laughs) and like some people have a newly painted bathroom but like everyone's kind of coming up with something that they've been able to create or or do during lockdown which is which is kind of interesting did yeah. you fall into any of the, did you make sourdough or tie-dye anything? <laughs> no, I didn't. I've, uh, I've got a thing about sourdough for some reason. I refuse to have one. I think the whole growing things in a jar kind of freaks Ooh. me out a little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so tasty, though. <laughs> I like to eat it. I just don't really want to grow it. I mean, we yeah, do like fair. in any way. It's something that we, me and my daughter like to do a lot of. Mm. Um, no, I haven't tie-dyed anything either. I should get on that, shouldn't I? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like order some black stuff, like clothing, and yeah, we just did the bleach, bleach dye. It was really fun. Yeah, turned out really cool. Yeah. I don't know how much more childish I could possibly become, though. It's my thirtieth birthday, <laughs> year, and I'm like, how much more can I regress than sounding yeah. like a thirteen-year-old and drawing on the internet? Come on, what else can I do? <laughs> oh my God, your drawings are so good, though, and like, even I don't really, uh, I don't think like appreciate anime the way that as much as I could. Like, I just like your drawings, um, and watching some of your live videos, like it's mesmerizing to watch somebody draw and like bring a character to life. And so I think, you know, like it's helping you, but it's also, it's also, you know, uh, providing an opportunity for other people to sort of like, you know, inspired, inspired and escape reality. Yeah. And yeah, it's been kind of a crap year. Yeah, I, I really like doing that. I have um, a few, a lot of people that are younger than me because of the kind of age range that anime falls into and it's kind of made a bit of a comeback as well. 
Um, so I have a lot of younger people that follow me and I kind of have that personality where I just literally want to be everybody's mum. So I'm just like, come here, babies, come and watch me draw. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's been really cute. So I've just literally got all these little little new babies as well. Which is oh, so that's so sweet. That's cute. Um, and how old is your daughter again? She's going to be four in May. Oh, my gosh. Aww. What's her name? She's called Taylor. Taylor, that's yeah. really cute. Yeah. My gosh, you're so lovely to talk to. Oh, I'm doing with this. Oh. <laughs> no, we're so we're so glad you reached out, and we're so glad that you like like our podcast. Yes, I love your podcast. You guys are literally when I'm jobbing. But when I'm not listening to people getting chopped up and stuffed into body bags and things, <laughs> I'm listening to you guys. So to me, we've been best friends for, you know, six months or so already. I know everything about you guys. Oh, <laughs> I love it. Time, so yeah, I absolutely love it. I'm so excited to see what you're going to do this year. Yay. Oh, oh that's so, so exciting. Well, thank you for being on our little podcast. Thank you for having me. I've literally just ticked off another dream here. I'm oh my not. gosh. So <laughs> now you can slip right into bed because you've already got your jammies on. Yeah. Let's <laughs> take the makeup off first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Jordan, well, thank, thank you, you so much, Jordan. Thank you so much, guys. It's been lovely to talk to you. You too. Aww. Have a good night. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Okay. Bye. bye. Hey, Michelle. Oh, hey. Oh, sorry. Oh, I forgot that we are. are recording. We got to do Just our outro. Whistle. Yeah. Um, hey. Hey. Why is Jordan so lovely? Ah, she's the cutest person. And I'm super excited to go to Yorkshire. And she looks like Zoe Deschanel. Yes. She's so cute. You guys, if you haven't seen what she looks like, go to our Instagram and check her out. She's a cutie patootie. And And an amazing artist. Yeah. So check out her Kibo and Friends. Mm -hmm. I love that she is sort of like, I don't know, just like gets to explore this little like artsy side. I know. It's adorable. And I cannot draw. Oh, God. No. (laughs) I could like draw... I'm not like a horrible drawer. I'm a step above stick people. I mean, I can draw, like I can copy a drawing. Like I can't just like, no. (laughs) No, I cannot trace. It's so hard. I'm just, oh, I was like, oh my God. (laughs) I've never learned how to trace. (laughs) Lord. Uh, No, I can. Yeah. No. Anyways, I suck at drawing. My husband was really good at drawing. I don't know why it just popped into my head, but my, my, oldest daughter struggles with anxiety and it is hard for me to kind of relate to it sometimes because sometimes it seems a little dramatic dramatic and over the top but she was worried about something the other day and I said like why are you so worried that bad like it's always bad things are always going to happen I'm like everything's going to be fine and she said I'll probably I'm probably gonna cry she said I didn't used to be worried about anything but then dad died oh god and now it was like, you know what yeah. I mean? It's like, oh God. Like But that's just like that it's true. She's like, I, yeah. I didn't used to be worried about anything and then dad died and now I'm worried about everything. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god. But like, you're gonna get her into therapy. Yeah. She has a grief counselor, she does, but yeah. you're gonna get her into like a more not stable therapist, a more regular if anyone wants to donate to that GoFundMe. God, <laughs> it's expensive for therapy. Holy yeah. Cow. I know, but like it's gonna cost me for the oldest two to be in therapy two days a week. Five hundred dollars a month. A, a month. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. So if you want to join our Patreon and support? <laughs> <laughs> no, 
No, this was not a call for money. It was just a, it was just a thing. It's like reality, right? Yeah. Like your kids are going to say stuff that crushes you. And then you realize like, shit, like they're right. Like, yeah. I don't, ugh, you know, like, yeah, of course, of course she feels like that. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Sucks. I don't, Anyways, I'm not happy now. I don't, I don't know how to now be like, so if you haven't followed us on <laughs> social media yet. Well, just like that. <laughs> You did it. <laughs> uh, guys, follow us on social media for these uplifting stories. And <laughs> we are pretty much anywhere at I Did Not Sign Up For This, including TikTok. We've made some TikToks recently. Yeah. And I've posted them to our reels on Instagram, too. Yeah. So if, I, you're, if you're anti-TikTok, yeah. they're on reels as well. Check them out. We're pretty um, cute. We're pretty cute. And um, don't forget to join our live. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mark your calendar. Save March the date. 30th. Tuesday, March 30th, 2021, 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time on Instagram. And we'll do, yeah, we'll do more lives in the future where we can get our, like, international people watching yeah. because, of course, the time change and everything. But yeah. we're going to save it and it'll be, have a permanent spot on our feed. Yeah. So you can watch it anytime. But join us live because yeah. it's fun. Uh, I don't know. What else do we have to say? Also, we have merch. A few people have gotten their merch that they've ordered and it's so GD cute. It is super Jana cute. Jana got like a camping mug. Yeah. And it's like white and tinny. Yeah. It's super It's really cute. cute. Mm -hmm. um, I've been repping my t-shirt as always. I'm not sure Carling has any other clothes. So. <laughs> it's like my Sunday best. I just want to. It's true. Yeah. yeah. It's so comfy. <laughs> and I've washed it a bunch and it like, it's really holding yeah, up. Yeah. No, it's great. Like the graphic. Anyway. All right. Um, all right, guys. <laughs> we hope you have a great day, a great week, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. bye. A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time, from an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109.